0: Welcome to our third episode in a series on working and living with mental illness. In this episode of The Voices Within, we listen to Fountain House members share stories of living and working while on disability benefits and the navigating of that often frustrating system. My name is Michael Hamlin and I'll be one of your hosts today. I've also had experience with this um, oftentimes uh, frustrating system. I've been a member of this community for 15 years and I've been on disability since uh, 2006. Um, I've uh, uh, experienced a lot of ups and downs with it. Um, I actually feel, actually, it's been sort of a positive influence in my life and you'll hear various stories uh, from members of our community on their their struggles with it and their opinions of it and navigating the system. Um, It's not an easy system to deal with, I must say, but for someone who really does have a disability and struggles to work a a regular job and maintain this sort of struggles to maintain the the schedule of a nine to five, that that just doesn't work for me. Having the the safety net of disability benefits has really been helpful for me. So uh, again, you'll hear various Takes on it today, but we're really excited to share this content with you. And uh, here with me is my co-host. Uh, you want to introduce yourself?
1: Thank you, Mike. This is David Rines. Um, I'm a member of the Media and Tech Center at Fountain House. I've been a member at Fountain House for about 12 years. I also was on benefits. I received Supplemental Security Income or SSI. Uh, I I received it for many years. I've just recently come off it for the second time, or more than that because of uh, discrepancies in, in my uh, discrepancies and in, in how I handed in my pay stubs. We're gonna try and describe what it's like to be on benefits, what it means, how it affects you. And as you'll hear in these next six phone calls from our members, benefits can have a, a very crucial effect on uh, members' lives. So let's hear them.
2: Hello, this is Ulin Walsh, member of Fountain House. Uh, First of all, to back up, it took me almost two years to be able to finally uh, be designated as disabled. And during that time, I was prevented from working not only because of my disability, but because it would endanger my status of being able to get uh, that distinction and those benefits. So that was really tough. And secondly, when I was finally awarded benefits from the hospital where I had a broken hip from an accident, I was able to save my apartment and pay back my bills. So that really helped a lot, Uh, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, Going forward now for almost three years on disability, how it's influenced my job search and employability, I would be honest to say that I am admittedly disabled and I can't work regular nine to five, five day a week. Jobs, But I was able to do some small side jobs, and that helped me close the gap between what I was awarded, which barely covers my rent and electricity, and what I need to live on. That's the only benefit I get. I have tried to get food stamps, and they have lowered the amount you can make to something so low that I wasn't able to get any other benefits. The only benefit I have is the Medicare and the disability, and I'm grateful for it. It's helped me survive and keep a roof over my head, but it's a daily struggle, and it's very stressful. Fountain House recently found a perfect job for me working with the jackrabbit local roots, and I'm very grateful for that. So I guess that's a positive that the influence of being able to be on disability allowed me to survive.
0: Wow! Yeah, this um, this color really resonates with me on so many levels because um, first of all, the idea of um, recognizing that you are disabled and that you you know that you have a disability and that you um, you can't work a regular job, as I mentioned in my own introduction. Um, this idea that you you know that you can't work a regular scheduled job um, nine to five Monday through Friday. Um, you need something different. You need alternative hours, you need shorter hours. And so you need something to supplement that. If you can't work a lot of hours, you need more money, you need something um, to supplement that. you need so recognizing that is something very important and this caller spoke to that and something that i can identify with but also this idea that navigating the system is very is still very difficult and the deck is really stacked against you unfortunately Um, oftentimes you have to wait long periods of time and go without any sort of assistance to sort of prove that you are disabled um so it's it's really difficult and this caller spoke to that you know um i myself had to go through that and it's 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 really it's a really sort of unfortunate system in this in this um in this country and so oftentimes people are sort of denied even the first time they apply for benefits and they have to wait really long periods of time often sometimes years um, and they can't work during this time they can't work any sort of job because then that would look like they're they're not really disabled and and it would affect their decision on getting benefits that can be a really hard thing to deal with
1: it took me six months from the moment i uh, applied or the hospital applied on my behalf eventually i got benefits i was able to move out of the hospital into a supportive housing situation, which, uh, you know, was really, it was nice. It was right in midtown Manhattan. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, sometimes it takes years, as you said, and it, it can be a very uh, difficult situation because, you know, you may really need that money, and, and they're, they want to make sure you're really disabled. And so, yeah, also, Bulin mentioned having a, a new job. Uh, with Jackrabbit. And of course, if you work well on benefits, you you usually have to report your earnings. I think for SSI, I'm sure of that, but I'm not sure for SSD. Well, we can talk about the breakdown of how working well on benefits plays out. We could do that later in the, in the podcast. Thank you. <music>
3: Hi, my name is Robert. Um, there was really no intersection between mental illness and work. It's more been it's been more like two different lives. There was the work life, and there is the mental illness life. And I feel that I have an anti-establishment attitude towards the the punitive nature of being on benefits, which leaves me with the bad taste of not wanting to work because almost half of the money goes back into the system. I feel it's unfair, and it makes me feel as though there is no light at the end of the tunnel, especially for someone at my age. I think that people that can work with mental illness should have rights that protect their wanting to excel in life in whatever way they can. And there should be no punitive aspect to that since it's not, it, it's not a fair playing ground for people who have no mental illness. So I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done as far as that consideration can be met thank you
0: all right so i think uh you know i think robert brings up a lot of uh interesting points about uh about rights and about the system um some background a little bit of background on that from the u.s bureau of labor statistics about persons with a disability some data, some highlights from 2020. Half of all persons with a disability were age 65 and over, about three times larger than the share for those with no disability. Across all age groups, persons with disabilities were much less likely to be employed than those with no disabilities. Across all educational attainment groups, Unemployment rates for persons with a disability were higher than those were for persons without a disability in 2020 29 percent of workers with a disability were employed part-time compared with 16 percent for those with no disability Employed persons with a disability were more likely to be self-employed than those with no disability You know it's, the numbers are, are interesting, but I think um, it's just interesting to you know have a sense of the reality and also the struggles and what that call what this caller robert speaks to is um a sense of struggle in trying to navigate this system you know it is designed to be unhelpful in a lot of ways and so he's are actually uh, turned off by the whole situation and so this caller um and in this story you can see how is actually not responding to uh working and going along with the whole process
1: what robert speaks of it, it it brings up a really difficult almost it's kind of a moral issue actually basically so let me explain it for the listeners who don't understand if you get ssi for a disability or simply because you have a low income. By the way, anyone who needs money, who has a low income and it doesn't look like they're gonna get more money anytime soon, you can apply for SSI. So basically, the way SSI works is if you work while on SSI, after the first $85 a month that you earn, a dollar is taken away for every $2 you earn which is what Robert was talking about when he said, I lose half of my benefits. And that brings up an issue. I mean, uh, you know, we, I mean, we all like free money. I mean, but I, I just feel like it's a question of are, are people who are going through a, a hard time, people who are disabled, are they entitled to, you know, their full benefit amount or or, or if they work do we take away half i mean well i guess that's obvious but that's the question is and and it's it's tough i mean i understand what he's going through i mean i i don't like giving up half my paycheck at the same time benefits are there for uh, you know a purpose they're there to help us uh, when we're on our on the you know when we're when we're in need and uh and and maybe when you start working that's how you come off them eventually and by the way, as I said earlier, I, I am off my benefits and I'm actually happier with being off my benefits because this means that I can make as much money as I want. And if you're on SSI, you can only make up to two, up to 1200 a month and you can only have $2,000 in your bank account. I'm very fortunate to be at a level where I can do this. I, re, I mean, I realize that and uh, let's hear the next one.
4: Hi, my name is Double X. I want to share my story about employment. I used to be employed up until 2009 when my severe mental illness came on and I was unable to work anymore. I'm not able to do a job. I don't have a lot of money to live on. And because of my situation, I can't focus anymore long enough to do a job. But I miss my old job. I used to be a teacher, special education teacher. I miss it even though it was a really, really, really hard job. But there were some really nice parts uh, with the kids. Right now, I'm just doing art. And try to make a little money off of that. And I live off of my disability pension and uh, my government pension.
0: So I got to say, I mean, this caller mentions, you know, living off of a government pension and a disability pension. And I mean, I can, it seems like they're not really satisfied with that with that life, you know, I mean, it seems like they wish they could, you know, go back to the life they used to lead when they were working, when they were vibrant and and sort of productive. And that's how they, when they feel they were happy, when they could like work a regular job and and get, you know, and weren't on benefits. This person feels like, you know, now that they're on disability pension and government benefits that they're kind of just, their life is kind of just going through the motions. I kind of, I kind of feel bad, honestly, when I, when I heard that caller. Um, you know, they feel like they're, they don't have much going on in their life right now. And I feel like, you know, that's not entirely true. I mean, it's, it's how you, it's what you do in the moments that you have. It's how you take advantage of what you have. You know, you don't have to live an unproductive life just because you don't have necessarily a, a quote unquote job or what you think is a, a standard job. But, um, but the caller did seem, you know, that they were unhappy. Um, Being on disability benefits and I know a lot of people feel that way and a lot of people struggle with that So that's 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 what I I got from that call.
1: Yeah, Mike, I agree Um, it was it's a very it's a sad call and uh, It seems like the caller really misses being a teacher. It seems like he he, he probably enjoyed it very much and it's part of what stigmatizes the mentally ill to have to be on benefits. I mean, we get money for being who we are and uh, not, not the whole majority, you know, the majority of, of uh, the people in this country can't say that. Or maybe they can, but they do it in different ways. But we get money because we have a disability and it, it doesn't look very good, I think, to a lot of people. Maybe it's maybe that's not a very big issue, but it's still, I think it's, it's worth noting. I mean, I think that he was, when I was put on benefits, I won, uh, on the one side, I was like, "Yes, I can buy a sandwich now," but on the other hand, I was like, "I was like, damn, I'm like, people are, people have died for this right." You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's crazy. I mean, the, the, like maybe this country really has given me a lot. You know.
5: I worked for Raptor for like three months, and I think has been helpful in some sort of way. But in a way, it has not been helpful because I'm not sure of which direction to go in. But I've learned a lot through the experience of working at Fountain House. By being a messenger, an indoor messenger, I have learned a lot experience And I learned from growing from the experience. The only difference is I did not know about the employment of working with SSI or SSD. I'm not sure if you're supposed to make enough money or if you're not supposed to work full-time or part-time or if your benefits will be cut. But I think I learned a lot from the employment. And I got to know the people there, and I thought it was a fun thing to do by working at Rockville. It was fun, and the people were fun there, and it was very pleasant to work there. That's about it. Thank you.
0: So here we go, short and sweet. <laughs> this color, this color speaks to uh, sort of the the confusion I think uh, in dealing with uh, disability benefits. A lot of people don't know what to do, how to navigate the system, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of paperwork involved, there's a lot of information involved, and people just don't know where to start. Uh, so this person got uh, help from our community, from their community. Rock Dub, she mentions Rock Dub, which is a, a transitional employment job that you can get with our within our community. It's a, a sort of a short-term Job placement. that's uh, meant to be a resume builder type job that you can get. Rebuild your work history. Sort of just navigating that system, learning about what to do, what, um, what offices to speak speak to, where to go, what what forms to fill out. All that uh, can be quite daunting, and so uh, getting support with that is an important uh, aspect of the whole process.
1: Yeah. Um so uh when you get ssi uh and you and you work you have to report your earnings each month which has been discussed if your income changes at any point and you don't hand in your pay stubs your benefits will be affected in various ways for instance say i make more money at a job than i used to and i don't tell ssi they'll still be giving me the same amount they usually do, and eventually it'll catch up on you and you'll end up owing them. It can sometimes be a lot of money, depending on what your situation is. I actually owe them about $12,000. It's all because of discrepancies and uh, not handing in my pay stubs when I was supposed to. I'm not sure, I guess I'll have to pay it down over the years. Anyways, uh, just a fun little factoid for, about
6: my life. Thank you. All right, let's hear the next one. Well, my uh, take on it is that my benefits have helped me um, because I've been to work full-time and part-time and both times. um, I've been to work more than just two times, but there was two times where I was on medication I had a relapse, and I was able to collect my benefits. My mental illness right now affects me on getting work and work at this moment in time, so my benefits helped me. I worked full-time and was making good money, and they had stopped at least my SSI, not my Medicaid. And I got ill. I had a relapse. And I was taking medication. It's just that the hours was long in the night and um i I didn't keep up and um I got hospitalized and they asked for i asked for part time work, and I got hospitalized shortly after again was unable to work part time and then later on, I was able to get a job at mental illness agency. And I worked there for four years I was taking my meds and I got I had a relapse so over the years I think the benefits helped me I don't know what I would have done without a job without benefits Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without benefits so I think the benefits is a good thing
0: now this one this is one that really resonates with me too because I think that like if you if I, if I get sick again, like what's what's gonna happen if I'm if I'm off SSI, if I if I don't have benefits anymore and I'm out working a job and I get sick again? this this caller mentions relapsing and having you know having those benefits there to support him as a safety net because he you know couldn't work at that time when he had a relapse and so like you know i it's interesting you know dave you you know you talk about you know being able to make it off benefits and it's interesting we could have a debate here like i, I it's interesting i i i am afraid of you know what happens if that if i if i you know because i i have i realize i have a mental illness i don't know how you recognize yourself or how you see yourself in terms of that but you know like other callers have said you know i do have a disability i i recognize that and i go through things i experience things uh, and at certain times and you know i i feel that in myself and if i ever have an issue again where i can't work what does that mean for the job and for the money that i make um what i have to go back on ssi and how easy to do that how easy is that process they make it so hard the first time right is it so is it going to be easy if you have to go back on it so that's the kind of thing that i think about and so i i really uh i appreciate the this caller for making me think about all that stuff so what, what do you what do you what do you say dave you challenge me
1: yeah well um you got a you got a good point there i mean i i've i mean i've uh i've had jobs i've lost jobs um Yes, I've gone off my benefits at different points and I I guess I became symptomatic again or something or I just lost my job and I I went back on them. It, and it it didn't even take that long. It took maybe one or two months,
0: I guess. So you just found it to be like a like a regular process type thing. Well, it didn't it it, it happened very
1: rarely. I mean, I I I would be on benefits for years. I would still work
0: but it's something that can happen and it, and there's a regular process for
1: it's it's obviously different for everyone and uh, like in Fountain House me everyone has a worker you know someone who you can talk with about how you're doing and how the job is going all that stuff it's good to talk things over with them let them know how you're doing see because they'll tell you they're like look you've been on benefits you want to get a job? I understand that, but I don't know if you're ready for a job. Maybe uh, let's let's talk about this more, or whatever. And and it'll, it'll, and we'll you know and you'll work it out. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, I feel like uh, in the process of redetermining your SSI, it, it can be long. It's it's one of the it's one of the pitfalls of being on benefits is that you you can come off them, but. I guess I, I just feel like they're there for you. There's a safety net and they're there. If you can, for me, I work, but if I stopped working, I know I can go to, I can, I still have a disability, I think, I don't know. I don't believe that half the people that get benefits really believe
0: they're sick, but. That could be true. Half of them might not even actually be sick. That's why they like make people prove it. No, look. Every time I've lashed out
1: at my doctors or my workers, I it was because I felt like I was being treated like a like a child, essentially. Like that's what I love about Fountain House and, and the, the person-centered what's it called? Person-centered uh, approach? Approach. Yes. <laughs> um, where they talk about your strengths, you're involved in every every part of your recovery. If, if we're discussing where I'm gonna move next, you're a part of that discussion, you know? I mean, if you want benefits, then do you want benefits? I mean, let's talk about it. And that's that's how it works.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a great thing.
7: Good afternoon, I'm Joven Yixarombo. Well, basically, how, um, my benefits impacted my employment journey was education. Um, when I got, um, my first TE, I was kind of scared. But, um, I kind of worked with the, worked with the ropes a little bit. Until one day, um, I started doing more TEs and more TEs. But then, the main, well, I'm, I'm trying to say education is the main thing. If you can educate yourself, educate yourself about benefits, it's one of the, Top priorities, knowing the SGA every month. When you get into a level that you can make a certain amount of money, that's my journey. Education, um, knowing my, my benefits. Every year I contact Social Security, every year and make sure that SGA is a certain level. And I just educated myself every year with certain workers that countin off, and I kind of work my way up, 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 up um, into that. So um, I educated myself with the SGA substantial gain activity, and I work within the limits of my um, the income I could have a certain month. And with my SSP and my SSR SSD, before it was SSR actually, but I had a great work history. You get a good work history and you eventually graduate with the SSD, contact the employment unit at Fountainhouse, get to know the SGA, and you be on your way. So education was my key. to so my employment journey. That's what impacted my my, my, my benefits, education
0: so dave don't sell yourself short no thanks mike No, no i mean first first we have to first we definitely have to say um uh sga uh for the folks out there sga is substantial gainful activity and what that what that basically is is just uh it's a number it's an it's an amount of money that a person can make uh before their no longer able to collect benefits like a person can work a job and if they go over this certain amount of money called substantial gainful activity then if they go over that um that substantial gainful activity then they can no longer collect benefits and so that's what that caller kept referring to he was um, working a series of jobs, and always staying just under that number so he could still um, collect benefits and also um, have a job. So that's what that was referring to.
1: And he was also, in the beginning, he was talking about how he, he checked his bank account and had more money than he expected. And I guess it was because he was he receives both SSI and SSDI which many people do um not quite sure what the breakdown concerning that is but uh it's definitely something that happens it's a way to i mean you can maximize how uh, how much money you get you know
0: yeah and i think the this uh the you know that i jokingly said don't sell yourself short just cuz you know he was kept kept speaking on that because the he you know this idea that you know um you know talking about uh uh this idea of um you know not you know not being afraid to like uh step outside of what you think is possible for yourself i think is what really what he was speaking to mostly um because a lot of times people can fall into this there's this trap of um getting complacent and and um, sort of um sort of Existing on disability and just sort of uh, saying, well, this is all that this is all I can do. This is all that exists for me. This is this is the only thing possible for me is just to accept disability benefits and and just um, this is the best that I can do for myself. So he was he was speaking about you know thinking beyond that and I think that that was uh, that was an interesting point to. To talk about yeah i agree so that's the end of our that wraps up our three episodes on work we hope that it was enlightening and informative uh i know i enjoyed being a part of this podcast and talking about uh our struggles and our various triumphs and navigating the system of work and living with uh Disability benefits and everything that that means for us, and how it how it shapes our lives, and how we continue to navigate the world and succeed in spite of it or because of it. We look forward to bringing you more podcasts. Next up is our is going to be a series on relationships with members of our community, speaking on how it affects their lives and how they live with it, and it should be really good. So i look forward to that thank you
1: and i thank you as well tune in next time we'll be here peace well i was in the hospital for six months to a year ain't had any capital i wasn't in the clear so they gave me the a benefits tell me i could rent a place and maybe one day i'd get a job rejoin the human race but what are they trying to pull taking half of
3: what i earn. if you'd like to get in touch with us regarding this podcast or have any questions or concerns for the voices within just email us at studios at fountainhouse.org
1: the views expressed in this podcast
2: do not necessarily represent the views of Fountain House.
7: the music in this podcast was used with permission by Maybe Dave and
1: Austin. is what's causing me all this strife. Hold on one second.